Sunny today, a high of plus 1. Tonight, clear, low of minus 14. Tomorrow, sunny, high of 0. And for Saturday, sunny, a high of 3. It's 0 at 680 CJOB. And now it's time for your daily dose of Hal Anderson. Thank you very much, TFJ. Tristan Field-Jones will be handling the info throughout the afternoon here. Right up until the news begins at 4 o'clock with Richard Cluche and Julie Buckingham. Jeff Forche is producing the show. How you doing? My name is Hal Anderson. And go Jets! Go! Boy, that was great last night. I'm not even a hockey guy. What am I doing? This is silly. No, it's not. It's fantastic. It's great. I was so proud when I watched the game and they showed the first shot of Donald, right, between Portage and Graham, and it was jam-packed. And I thought, this is amazing. This is incredible. I knew it was going to be kind of a special night. When I was driving home, I left here a little after 5 because I wanted to make sure I was home in time for the game, right, for the puck drop. And as I was driving, I saw so many people in their white and in their Jets jerseys, old and new, right? Jets 1.0 and Jets uh, 2.0. I knew it was going to be kind of a special night. There were a lot of people heading toward the rink, heading toward Bell MTS Place. Some obviously going inside for the game, others staying outside for the game. And it was kind of, you know, and the snow held off, right? And it was kind of apropos. There was a bit of a whiteout as we had that whiteout street party. Jets win. I want to open the phones up today. You don't even have to have a, a, a significant comment to make. If you just want to call up and say, go Jets, go, I want to hear from you. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Now, you can text that number, but I'd rather you call today. And, of course, you can email hal at cjob.com as well. We have lots coming up here on the show today. Let me tell you a little bit about what's coming up on the show here today. I just heard uh, before I came in here that we hope to get on just before 3 o'clock Dr. Jack McPherson, Medical Director of Surgery, WRHA, Co-Chair of the Wait Times Reduction Task Force, and an orthopedic surgeon. Of course, uh, wait times, some new numbers are out, and we'll talk to Dr. Jack McPherson just before 3 o'clock, about 2.50, at about 10 to 3 today. All right. Carolyn Klassen will be here from 2.30 until we talk to the good doctor. She's from Connexus Counseling, and she joins us every Thursday from 2.30 to 3. Today we're going to talk about a few things, but one of them is elevation. And I'll tell you about elevation in a bit. We'll go into a bit of detail on that. All right? We're going to start the show in less than 10 minutes here with Tough Trivia. So, Jeff Forche, get ready. Tough Trivia coming right up here, Okay. Giving away a Santa Lucia pizza gift certificate if you can answer our tough trivia question. Another doctor on the show today. After Global News at 1.30, we're going to talk to Dr. Michael Gratzel. Dr. Gratzel is in town to give a, a lecture at the University of Manitoba. Energy Beyond Oil. Advances in Solar Energy. And Dr. Gratzel is uh, quite the guy. He basically developed the solar cell. 
And I think it was uh, four or five years ago, he was considered for the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. So we're, we're very lucky to have him here in town. And I'm really excited to have him on the show after Global News at 1.30. We'll talk a bit about uh, solar energy with Dr. Michael Gratzel. This morning, Mackling and McGarry had on from Atlanta, although he was here in town by phone, but he's from Atlanta, Dr. John Lippman. There you go, another, we've got a hat trick of doctors on the show today. Uh, Dr. John Lippman was on with Mackling and McGarry this morning. He came to town because in Atlanta, he was a big fan of the Thrashers. And now, he's a big fan of our Winnipeg Jets. Very cool interview. I want to play bits and pieces of that. They also had on Brian Bowman this morning. I'll play some of that back for you. And all kinds of other stuff coming up here as well. We've already got some callers. Good. 204-780-6868. We'll start with Les. Hello, Les. Are you there, Les? I guess not. No, Les. Hi, Randy. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What did you want to say about that great game last night? Well, I ended up going to Boston Pizza because, unbeknownst to me, the uh, game was only televised on uh, the sports uh, net. Uh-huh. So we went to the local uh, Boston Pizza, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, almost all the people had uh, gotten the little handout uh, kid helmets that you make. Oh, cool. And they turned them, yeah, they turned them inside out and uh, wore them the wrong way so that it was a whiteout. And it was really cool to go in and see that, everyone getting in the spirit like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's great if you're at the game, but if you're on Donald, you know, at home, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, you can be a fan and be excited and, and get into it wherever you are. So that's great. Yeah, it was awesome. Just passing that along. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Randy. Appreciate the call. And is it Andre? Yes, it's hey. Andre. How you doing, Hal? I am excellent, Andre. What's going on? Great. Went to that party last night on the street. It was uh, it was interesting. Okay, <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. You're, my friend, elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, tight. Yeah. And I tell you, what is, some of the issues we, we discovered as we were standing there talking with other people around, the Tyvek boys, I was standing beside the Tyvek boys there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were telling me, we were looking at the screens and, we had two kids in front of us, and we, we were jostling back and forth to see the screen. And one of the comments that was made, you know, that screen should be another 10 feet higher, especially the one on the Graham side. Because okay. you had the crowd facing Portage, half yeah. the crowd facing Portage, half the crowd facing uh, Graham. Right. And uh, that was some of the comments that were made with the crowd. But tight. It was tight. Yeah. Well, and here's you, the here's feeling the, body parts you didn't want to feel. <laughs> here's the deal, Andre. Here, I don't want to make this into a complaint day, and I know yeah, you're not, and right. I know you're not doing that. Um, yeah. But I think they are having meetings today. My understanding is, and they're going to see what they can do to improve. And you know, it was great, obviously. Yeah. But I thought the same thing last night when I saw the first shot of that uh, uh, party at Donald. I thought. That's tight. They're going to have to make more room. And it would not surprise me at all if before tomorrow night they announce that they are expanding that area. You know, and the other thing there, it was suggested we bring chairs. Thank goodness I didn't bring a chair because I would have been standing there with that chair in my arm all night. Yeah. Uh, well, but, and, and uh, Brett- here's the thing how we ended up leaving uh, at the end of the first period because we had a little toddler with us. Yeah. And uh, the little grandchild, he, he, he was done. He was done. And that was like the, the majority of the parents that were there with small kids. Yeah. Uh, they, they had to leave because 
they had people standing in front of them. They couldn't see the screen. It's too bad. But it was a good event. Like, the feel-good. It was a feel-good moment, I'll tell you. Yeah, and uh, listen, they, they want this to be a family uh, affair, right? So yeah, I, yeah. I think they're going to make some changes and make it more uh, family-friendly. That is a shame that you had to leave. But I, I think their goal is, hopefully their goal is to make some more room because it was a big hit. And this is game one. I mean, if these yeah. if the if the Jets start playing well and we start going deep in the playoffs, this is just going to get bigger and better. Oh, it's fantastic. But anyways, Friday, we're ending up, we're going to our son's place, and uh, he's got the big screen TV, so we'll be good. Nice. And make him buy the beer. <laughs> yeah, I'll get him to do that. Thank you. All right. Okay, have a great day, Hal. It's wonderful to talk to you. Wonderful to hear you on the radio again. Andre, really thank awesome. you. Appreciate it, buddy. And Russ. Hello, Russ. Hello. Hi. What did you want to say? I was just calling in to say, go Jets, go. Yeah. Say it louder, uh, Russ. Say it louder. Go Jets, go. Come on, Russ. Say it with passion. Go, Jets, go. That's better. Go, Jets, go. That's better. Go, Jets, go. That's better. Yes. <laughs> and they're going to take it in six. You, you think they're going to take it in six, eh? Yes. I'll tell you what. Uh, the Wild, and again, I, I have to preface all my hockey comments by saying I'm not a big hockey guy. But they kind of surprised me last night. They played a good first game. I thought they were tougher than I think. Now, I said this to Jeff Courier, and I'll, I'll say it again. I was a little nervous when they took the lead, but then you know what? Patrick Lyonet knocked it in, and it's just this. It was it was almost like a calming effect. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. But yeah, they yeah. played the Wild played really well last night. Yeah, yeah. So did we. We did. We we played better because we won. Hey, Russ, thanks yeah. a lot. Got to go. Okay. Thanks, Thank pal. You. Appreciate it. And Scott, I think is our next caller. Hi, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not really much of a hockey fan. The last time I went to a Jets game, Bobby Hull was skating on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You and I are probably in the same boat then. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, since it's, you know, it's our team and they're yeah. in the playoffs, you know, I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, maybe we should watch the game while we're having supper. I didn't yeah. even think I'd get it on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized, yeah, I've got it on my cable package. Yeah. So we had our supper, cracked over a couple of beers. We were both on the edge of our seat. Yeah. You know, it was like, maybe I will... Go back to watching hockey. <laughs> you know what, Scott? A lot of times, Fairweather fans, and that's what I'll call you, and that's what I'll call me, we're, we're kind of considered Fairweather fans. But here's the, and I'm the same as you. I got home last night. I said, come on, we got to get dinner going. It, you know, the game starts at 6, and we sat down, and we and wa- we watched and enjoyed every minute of it like you, uh, Scott. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing about Fairweather friends. If they get in and they enjoy it and they have fun, they could become new long-term fans. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how the game grows. That's how the fan base grows for a team like the Jets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Good, man. I'm glad you called in. Thanks a lot, Scott. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. And Dale, last call this break uh, before we take a break. Hi, Dale. Hi, Hal. How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent. Was that the uh, street party last night? The only recommendation I would have is... If they could boost the screens five feet up, like put the the trailers or wherever they are. Yep. Somebody else just said the same thing. Yeah. And that's it because that avoids everybody's head in front of you. Yeah. And was it uh, up as well, opposed to was it a little tight, Dale? To, were there were there a lot of people? Did you have room to move or not really? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. It, okay. Everybody intermission and everything went on smoothly. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was just if they boosted it up a little bit okay. it would be uh yeah good to know great thank it was you a great Dale. time anyway so yeah thanks. it was yeah thanks buddy appreciate you calling in all right okay and you know what i said last call there but jp's on the line let's get jp on and then we'll take a break hi jp 
Hi, Al. How are you? I am great. Jets won. I'm well, fantastic. That's great, and I can be prouder. I'm a, I'm a new Canadian as well as many of the people that I work with every day. And we have the sense of belonging. This team really is bringing people together in the city of Winnipeg. And I can be happier for uh, this season and for all the seasons to come. Hey, JP, where did you come from? Originally, I came from Chile. And now you're Canadian? Now I'm Canadian. I've been in the city of Winnipeg for the last 17 years. And uh, I love it. And I love my team. And I, I cheer for the Jets every time I can. JP, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right, 116, quick break, and then we come back. Tough trivia, your chance to win some Santa Lucia pizza next. All right, zero, and it is time for tough trivia now. Tough trivia. Get it right. Answer the question correctly at 204-780-6868, and you will win a gift certificate for Santa Lucia pizza. Yep, you get some Santa Lucia pizza if you get this question correct. Fort, and I think a woman's going to get it right. And I'll tell you why after I read the question. 14% of men say they have never done this routine household chore. What is it? 14% of men have never done this routine household chore. I think a woman's going to get it because the woman knows all the stuff the guy does not do. I think as guys, we're oblivious. We, we have no idea. Really? I don't do that? Oh, hmm, that's weird. I thought I did. (laughs) 14% of men say they have never done this routine household chore. What would that be? For Santa Lucia Pizza, tough trivia, 204-780-6868. Hello, have you got a guess? Uh, Yeah, I empty the vacuum bag. Not empty the vacuum bag. Do you get heck for that at home? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, CJOB. Dusting? Dusting. No, not dusting. You ask most guys, <laughs> what's dusting? Isn't that where they, like, spray the crops? Oh, dust? Really? You dust the dust off things in the house? I didn't know that. Hi, CJOB. Have you got a guess? Hi, is it clean the bathroom? Not clean the bathroom. No. 14% of men say they have never done this routine household chore. What is it? Hi. Uh Ironing? Ironing, not ironing. No. Hi, CJOB. Hi, unloading the dishwasher. Not unloading the dishwasher, although I think that's a pretty common one. Yeah. This one, 14% of men. So not that many men, but 14% of men say they have never done this routine household chore. They admit they've never done it. Hi. You got a guess? Yes, go ahead. Clean the toilet. Not clean the toilet. No. A couple more here, and I'll give you a hint. Hi, CJOB. Would it be uh, the laundry? Not the laundry, no. Hi, CGOB. Uh, the laundry. You got a guess? Oh, uh, clean out the fridge. Not clean out the fridge, no. Hello, CGOB. Would it be defrosting and cleaning out the fridge? Yeah, we just had that, cleaning out the fridge. Not the correct answer, sorry. Hi, CGOB. Well, would it be cleaning the oven? Not cleaning the oven. I'll try and narrow it down a little bit for you. This uh, chore happens in the bathroom. What chore in the bathroom would 14% of men say they have never done? Routine household chore happens in the bathroom. 204-780-6868. Hi, have you got a guess? 
Hello? Nobody there. Hi, CGLB. Hi, is it clean the sink? Not clean the sink, no. Hello, CJOB. Hi, it's mopping. Not mopping, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Hi, CJOB. Uh, wash the mirror. Not wash the mirror, no. Routine household chore that happens in the bathroom. 14% of men say they have never done it. Hi. Hello? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Your guess. Clean the mirror. Not clean the mirror. We've had that a couple times. No. Hi, CJOB. Washing the floor. Not washing the floor. It's something so silly and stupid and simple. Hi. How about um, um, clean the drain out? Not clean the drain. No. Hi. Have you got a guess? Yeah. Change that bathroom tissue roll. Replace the toilet paper roll. Yes. All right. Well, and then he hung up. Um... I think I remember the name. Yes, I remember the name that was on the uh, on the screen there. So if uh, you got cut off by a mistake for some reason, you're the winner. Gift certificate, Santa Lucia Pizza. Call us back, 204-780-6868. Yes, 14% of men say they have never replaced the toilet paper roll. <laughs> I've done this. I'll just, I'll just fess up to this. In a hurry. When I have no time and there's no toilet paper right in the closet in the bathroom there, and I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta run. Uh, I will sometimes put the empty roll back on, you know, the empty toilet paper cardboard thing. Yeah, that's not cool, but I've done that. I have done that. Is now what's worse, not replacing it, leaving it empty, or put, I guess putting it back on there empty would be worse. Yeah, that's not proper. I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening. Hey, we got to take a break. Global news at 1.30 is coming right up here. Tristan Field-Jones standing by. And then when we come back after 1.30, we're going to talk to Dr. Michael Gratzel. He is lecturing at the University of Manitoba today. Energy beyond oil, advances in solar energy. This should be interesting. Right after the news, Hal Anderson on CJOB. If you haven't heard, the Jets beat the Wild last night. I want you to keep the phone calls and text messages and emails coming. How was the experience? Were you down there? Tell me about it. Even if you just want to go on and on about what a great hockey team we've got. Phones wide open, 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. We'll get to your calls and text messages and emails in a bit here. Right now, we're going to chat with uh, Dr. Michael Gratzel. He will be uh, lecturing at the University of Manitoba today, uh, Energy Beyond Oil, and he'll talk about advances in solar energy. And Dr. Gratzel uh, joins me on the phone now. Doc, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be back in the winter. (laughs) We like winter in Switzerland. Yes. Uh, Have you been to Winnipeg before? Uh, No, this is the first time, uh, but uh, I'm very excited and feel greatly honored to give that lecture, the the special uh, named lecture, uh, named after Dr. Batts, who has been the chair of the department here for for a number of years. Yes, let's talk about the subject of your lecture today, Energy Beyond Oil. Tell us a bit about that. What will you talk about today? Uh, Yes, uh, well, as you know, the uh, exploitation of oil uh, is... uh, 
is doomed to come down because, first of all, reserves are being depleted. But the main reason is the the climate change, and so uh, so that will be the starting point of my presentation, saying that well, we can't rely on oil to uh, to just assume our present consumption, but consumption of of energy is going up. It's going to double in the next 20, 30 years. And so, so renewable sources have to be found and developed. And so, so then I will present some options. Uh, what are these renewable sources? And, and focus on systems that uh, mimic plants photosynthesis. That's what we have been working on, artificial photosynthesis. So making fuels from sunlight or hydrogen or electricity from sunlight. And so our research has been uh, in this field for several decades, and uh, there's some new exciting developments, which I will announce. But also I will talk about some applications and commercial deployment. So you start from, uh, from uh, the inspiration. The plant photosynthesis has been our inspiration, and that has generated innovation. So being inspired by the, by the plant, we have innovated. And that has led to certain applications. So that's going to be the journey I will take the, the people through this afternoon. You're known as uh, developing the world's first solar cell, uh, which is very impressive. You've been considered for a Nobel Prize in chemistry in the past for your work in this area. I'm curious to know why solar? Why not wind? Why not nuclear? If we're getting away from oil, why is solar the right choice? Well, look, wind is also solar. It's indirect, but wind and, and bio, uh, uh, biofuels also solar, and uh, hydroelectricity is also solar. So when you talk solar, I mean, you, you, you talk about the whole area where the sun is the driving force behind the, the energy that is produced. And so, uh, so but uh, this afternoon i will focus on the so-called quantum conversion these are so so we take just the the solar light and convert it directly to electricity or fuels okay the wind is indirect you warm up the atmosphere and then the wind is generated but it's the sun is behind okay uh, the hydroelectricity is the same the sun evaporates water and then it's condensing at a higher level and then you use that uh, gradient to make uh, electricity so uh, yeah so uh, but we are we are focusing on this uh, direct conversion of visible light to electricity and and we start from the example of the green plants that show that you can i mean the green plant uh, when you take the worldwide level of photosynthesis it corresponds to 92 terawatts that's the power continuously produced and stored by green plants and that's about five times what the world consumes so we have good reasons to to mimic that system that has been so successful since two billion years. Mm-hmm. Dr. Gretzel, uh, if we get it right and if we move as fast as we can in the direction you want to take us, how long before we're not dependent on oil? Well, the uh, projections are that by 2040, the renewables, renewables, we, we mean everything, uh, renewable energy, yeah, including, including geothermic, uh, will be about 45-50% of the total uh, world energy consumption. So, so that's already quite a huge ch- uh, hunk of uh, our total consumption that is covered. And just think about it. I mean, the cars will be more and more driving on electric power. So 
you can use solar electric power to power those electric cars, and uh, the development will go into pollution-free energy sources. So electricity or fuels like hydrogen, they will be the future. Dr. Gratzel, thank you very much. Yeah. Have a good lecture yeah, and you. uh, enjoy well, your time in Winnipeg. Well, thank you, Hal. Well, it was great to talk to you. Dr. Michael Gratzel joining us on the show today at the University of Manitoba giving a lecture called Energy Beyond Oil, Advances in Solar Energy. Uh, he is considered a real pioneer in uh, the solar cell, and it is quite uh, a feather in the cap of the University of Manitoba to have him here lecturing, Dr. Michael Gretzel. A couple things I want to mention here. We kicked off the show with several phone calls talking about the Jets and how great the game was last night and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just got a photo at 204 780 6868 from dawn of that wreck west of Brandon. And that reminds me that I need to, it was in the news, but I, I do need to say um, that that crash looks like it was horrible. And uh, the Trans Canada is off limits between Highway 250 and Brandon because of this crash. We don't know uh, if anybody was hurt. We don't know yet. We don't know necessarily what the cause was, although we do know that driving conditions in that area were poor this morning because of the snow that we got, but we don't know what might have caused this crash. We don't know if anybody was hurt. Based on this photo from Dawn and other photos that we have received here at CGOB, at least two semis involved. And uh, again, the Trans-Canada between Highway 250 and Brandon is Closed, And we will let you know as soon as we know more, including when the Trans-Canada Highway reopens. All right. So I wanted to mention that. and Thank you, Don, for the photo. Hope everybody's okay. Looks like it's a bad one, though. Uh, also, that GoFundMe page for the Humboldt Broncos, it is now very close to $10 million. $9.726 million. $9,726,217 to be exact. And 116,000 people have donated since that horrible crash on Friday night. 116,126 people have given $9,726,217. Isn't that incredible? Just incredible. Fantastic. Oh, by the way, I'm just getting a note that the highway is open. All right. Thank you very much, Newsroom, for letting me know that highway is open. So, uh, and if uh, TFJ said that in the news at 1.30, I apologize. I was on the phone lining up an interview. It's just kind of been one of those days. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It has just kind of been one of those days. So I have strategically put some fun stuff in the show today to make sure my mood stays on track. For example, <laughs> right now I want to play for you a little bit of audio that I played for you the other day. Do you remember this from the other day on the show? Got the kind of love it. Lord, I'd love to hear when you got the 
That is 11-year-old Mason Ramsey, and he yodeled that song at a Walmart in Illinois. The video is very cute. And that tapping you hear while he sings? I'll just play a little bit so you can hear the tapping. Hear the tapping there? That tapping, that tapping is him tapping his big cowboy boots. He's quite the little cowboy. Anyhow, a little 11-year-old Mason Ramsey yodeled that song. The video went viral. And that song, by the way, is called Lovesick Blues. And that song made Hank Williams famous in 1949. That song made him famous. And now this kid sings it. I don't know where an 11-year-old kid gets that song from. From 1949, and he's singing that song. But anyhow, it went viral. And I didn't even know this existed. But apparently Spotify has what they call their global viral chart, their global viral 50 chart. And that song is number 22 on Spotify's global viral 50 chart because of this kid singing it and the video going viral, him at this Walmart in Illinois. So as we head to a break at 1.44, almost a quarter to two here, Hank Williams with the original version of Lovesick Blues on CJOB. I got a feeling of the blues, oh Lord, since my baby said goodbye. Lord, I don't know what I'll do. All I do is sit and sigh, oh Lord, that last long day she said goodbye. Well, Lord, I thought I would cry. She'll do me, she'll do you, she's got that kind of loving. Lord, I love to hear her when she called me sweet. Daddy's such a beautiful dream. I hate to think it all over. I've lost my heart, it seems. I've grown so used to you somehow. Well, I'm nobody's sugar daddy now, and I'm lonesome. I got to love thick blue. Just going through the text messages at 204-780-6868. A lot of people uh, just really wound up after that big win last night. Here's one. Hal, I watched the Jets game at home. Great game. I watch in my living room because it has a higher ceiling than my rec room. I watched the Canada-U.S. gold medal game in my rec room a few years back and jumped up. And put my fist through the ceiling after Crosby scored the game winner. Yeah, I guess I get excited. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And listen, if you're lucky enough to be in the rink, great. Next door on Donald, fantastic. At home, doesn't matter. Just cheer on the Jets. For example, for example, Mackling and McGarry this morning had on uh, Dr. John Lipman. He was a fan of this team when it was in Atlanta and called the Thrashers. And he was on with the guys because he came to town for the game. More on that in a minute. Uh, But here Lipman talks about how the Thrashers back in Atlanta when they were there 
had lots of fans. The franchise left because of ownership and the f- fragmented ownership. There was plenty of fan base. I mean, we we had we had great fans in Atlanta, and we were just as heartbroken to lose the team as you guys did the first go round. So I I made it a point that if they were going to be in the playoffs, I you know I still follow them. I watch every game you know remotely from NHL.com. So I've I've seen every game this year on my laptop or my phone, but. Uh, we we miss them, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow them, and hopefully this is the start of a huge run for them this year. Dr. John Lippman all with Mackling and McGarry this morning, and even though he was on the phone, he was here in Winnipeg. He was talking to them by phone from here in Winnipeg, and the boys asked him how he was able to get tickets to be at that game last night between the Jets and the Wilds. Well, I was planning to just come and get tickets, you know, any way I possibly can, you know, by showing up to the event. Usually I'm able to do that somehow. Uh, but I decided to reach out to a colleague who I've never met, and uh, he's here in Winnipeg. He's the chief of interventional radiology, Dr. Brian Hardy, who's uh, um, over at Health Science Center. And I said, you know, look, I'm coming up, and do you know of anybody or any line on tickets? I know it's going to be hard. It's, you know, it's a small arena and so forth. And he said, well, you know, I've got season tickets. You can join my family. I'd love to have you if you come and speak over at uh, the Health Science Center. <laughs> so I'm giving grand rounds today at uh, noontime to the uh, physicians over there. So a couple hours ago, uh, Dr. Lippman was uh, returning the favor for those tickets or that ticket that he got for the game last night. One more clip here of Dr. John Lippman from Atlanta. He says he will continue to cheer on our Winnipeg Jets. Uh, it's, it's fun watching them still play, and, you know, I saw them when they were thrashers, and, uh, you know, the, the team is really deep this year. That's, that's what's uh, so great. It's that they've got depth at every, all the, you know, forward depth, defense depth, even in goal somewhat. Um, uh, it's just, it's a great team. I really love watching them. They're exciting. They're fun. They're fast. Uh, it's, it's, it's a blast. This is the best team um, I think they've ever, ever had. Dr. John Lippman, big fan of our Winnipeg Jets. They used to be his Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, you know what he said at the end there about this being, uh, you know, such a great team? Just incredible. Incredible. Uh, The way these guys are playing hockey. And I know some people say, well, they don't have a whole lot of playoff experience. I kind of feel like that doesn't matter with these guys. I don't know. It's just... As I said the other day, we got a bit of a pool going here at the radio station, and I went all in. I maybe it's not strategically the smart move, but I went. I took every jet, and I took every leaf because I'm hoping that's what'll happen. I'm hoping it just with two teams in from Canada. I'm hoping it will be an all Canadian Stanley Cup final, Leafs and Jets, and then I obviously had to take a few other players too, but uh, you know, and a couple of the hockey guys around here kind of you know, snickered and snorted when I handed in my sheet. But, ah, whatever. It's fun. It's going to be fun to follow along. It's going to be fun whether you're uh, at the game or whether you're watching it on TV. Just, uh, yeah, just get involved and, and have some fun with it. And don't be afraid to tell me if you're enjoying it or let us know what's happening. 204 780 6868. 6868. I was going to tell you what today is, but I forgot to put, uh, as I said, it's been one of those days. I forgot to put that together, and so I don't have in front of me exactly what today is. So I'll get that during the news here at 2 o'clock with Tristan Field-Jones. 
and uh, I'll let you know what today is, right? I like to do that. I like to know what uh, what today is. And then, you know, sometimes it gets you thinking about something important. Sometimes it's just frivolous, stupid stuff like, you know, it's, I don't know, kiss a squirrel day or whatever. But sometimes, you know, like uh, yesterday, it was World Parkinson's Disease Day. That's important. Important stuff. So I'll get that for you during the news here. Coming up on the show, uh, we're going to talk to... Uh, Carolyn Klassen will be here between 2.30 and 3 from Conexus Counseling. And we'll be chatting with her as we do every Thursday here on CJOB. Also coming up just before 3 o'clock, hoping for, and I've been told that he will join us, uh, Dr. Jack McPherson, Medical Director of Surgery for the WRHA, co-chair of the Wait Times Reduction Task Force on an orthopedic surgeon. We got some new numbers on wait times today. So he'll join us at about 2.50, 10 to 3 here on CJOB. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. The news at 2 is coming right up. Thank you, TFJ. 2.03. Happy Thursday. Jetson Wild back at it again tomorrow night. Bell MTS Place. We're taking your phone calls, your text messages, and your emails on the game, the experience, whether you were in the rink, outside the rink, or at home. Let's just uh, have some fun with that today. Let's talk about it. 204-780-6868. You can text or call that number, hal at cjob.com. If you would rather send me an email. Let's start this hour off with a phone call. Richard is on the phone. Hi, Richard. What's up? Well, uh, it's uh, uh, grilled cheese sandwich day. Is it really? Yeah, my wife told me that on the way out the door this morning. Oh, boy. I love cheese sandwiches. Yeah, why she told me that, I have no idea. But she knows (laughs) some weird things sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Richard. Bye-bye. Richard is absolutely right. It is. Grilled cheese sandwich day. Love grilled cheese sandwiches. Grilled cheese sandwich day today. It is also big wind day today. It's drop everything and read day. International day for street children. International day of human space flight. It's Russian cosmonaut day. Uh, Today on this day in history, the first man, a Russian, a cosmonaut, to uh, orbit the earth. Uh, first, uh, essentially the first person in space. That was uh, today in history. Uh, it is also Licorice Day. And isn't it ironic that when I went and watched the movie the other night, I had some leftover Twizzlers and I threw those in a sandwich bag today and I was eating those at my desk today. So that's good. I was eating licorice on Licorice Day. And one more. It is Walk on Your Wild Side Day today, I guess. You know, take a chance. Do something a little kooky and crazy, maybe. I don't know. Take a walk on your wild side day or walk on your wild side day today. Let's take a look at the birthdays. I do happen to have the birthdays here in front of me. Let's take a look at those. Some good ones today. Uh, Herbie Hancock is 78. John K. From Steppenwolf is 74. Let's take some of that. Vroom, 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 yeah. Head out on the highway. Here I come. Looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. Yeah, I gotta go make it happen. Take the world in a loving 
little John Cain Steppenwolf for his 74th birthday. It's kind of cool. Ed O'Neill is having a birthday today. Who is uh, Ed O'Neill? Ed O'Neill is, uh, of course, Al from the old TV show Married with Children, and he's on Modern Family now, right? Jay, he's 72, Ed O'Neill. Dan Loria is having a birthday today. Who's that? That is Jack Arnold from The Wonder Years. He's 71. Wasn't that the little guy's bigger brother, his older brother, I think, Jack Arnold? I think so, on The Wonder Years. I can't remember. Although I did have a crush uh, on when I was young, when I was a kid on that show. I had a crush on Whitney. She was really cute. Uh, David Letterman's having a birthday today, 71. Are you watching uh, his new show on Netflix? It's pretty good. It's uh, He just had on uh, Jay-Z, just did an interview with Jay-Z. David Letterman, 71 today. Uh, Andy Garcia is having a birthday today. Andy Garcia's been in a bunch of great movies, really good actor. Untouchables, Godfather, uh, I think it was part three he was in. Anyhow, Andy Garcia is 62 today. Vince Gill, 61. And I think we decided earlier with Jeff Courier that uh, Vince Gill is... Uh, Playing with the uh, the Eagles or a variation of the Eagles right now. Shannon Doherty, 47, from Beverly Hills, 90210. I had a chance to meet her when she was in town uh, doing a movie. And also having a birthday today, Carrie from Homeland on TV, Claire Danes, is 39. I just said the other day, what a great show that is. Pro- I think there's a few shows that I think are right up there, but I think Homeland is still the best show on TV. And if you're watching it, the other night the show ended, just wow. Like, I won't spoil it for anybody, but just crazy ending for that character, Carrie, on Homeland. But Claire Danes is having a birthday today. Uh, she is 39. And what do you say we head to a break here with one more little uh, musical number for you, okay? And I don't know what it is about this song. I don't care if it's a social or where, on the radio. We played it on my weekend show, uh, I don't know, several months ago now. And honestly, we were all in here, me and uh, Savannah Pierce and Austin Syracuse, and we're all doing the moves that go along with this song right here. And the reason we're going to play it is because Alex Briley is 71. Who the hell is that? That is the GI from the Village People. Oh, yes. A little YMCA Village People as we head to a break. It's Hal Anderson on C-J-O-B. Come on, do it now.
I was just saying this morning in the newsroom, I get things wrong all the time, and I uh, appreciate when you uh, correct me and uh, straighten me out. Dylan sent in this text message. I was talking about the character Jack on the show Wonder Years. Uh, having a birthday today. Let me just see if I've got the uh, actual age of the guy right in front of me here. Um yeah, Dan Loria from The Wonder Years, Jack Arnold, 71 today. And I thought it was the little kid's older brother. It's actually the dad, the dad, according to Dylan. And I said I had a crush on Whitney. Of course, it's not Whitney, it's Winnie. And Dylan says I had a crush on her too. So there you go. Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. And Karen says, hey, Hal, started doing the YMCA at my desk with my headphones plugged into my computer, stood up and started dancing, almost yanked my whole computer off the desk. Great show, Hal. Thank you, Karen. That was the point of it. That's exactly what I wanted to happen. Thank you for playing along and humoring me and having fun with me here today. I appreciate that. Uh, So Brian Bowman, the mayor, was on this morning with Mackling and McGarry talking about this incredible whiteout street party last night on Donald between Portage and Graham. And here's what he told the boys this morning. Uh, hats off to Economic Development Winnipeg. Dana Spiring is leading that team there, and they have done an amazing job. And uh, it was really a, a collaborative uh, effort with True North, uh, as well as with uh, many city departments. We had the you know, Winnipeg Police Service did an outstanding job, uh, Winnipeg Transit, Public Works. Uh, there was a private sponsorship that, that stepped up and... You know, it's been a it's been a lot of work in a very short time frame, and uh, I, I thought you know I thought last night it went very well. We didn't get any reports of any incidents. Uh, fans were respectful. Um, you know, everybody everybody did what we were hoping they they could do, and they sure showed up. I mean, I was I was there, and the place was packed, and it was just a lot of fun. So we get to do it again tomorrow, and. Uh, the team is going to be meeting uh, today to uh, to take a look at what worked, what could be improved for the for the street party. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, just I'm encouraging everybody where you're white, uh, whether you're going to the street party, the game, work, school, the office. Let's uh, let's let's paint this town white and uh, the Winnipeg sign will be ready for the whiteout again tomorrow. And, and I'll be there cheering with everybody else. Mayor Brian Bowman this morning talking about the whiteout street party with Mackling and McGarry. Now, uh, we took a bunch of calls at the start of the show. People going on and on about what a great time they had. couple suggestions, not complaints, suggestions. The television screens, the big screens need to be higher at uh, Donald there between Portage and uh, Graham, and I thought this last night watching on TV, there needs to be more room. I mean, it looked jam-packed, and a couple people said, yeah, it was shoulder to shoulder. Somebody had a, a toddler with them, and they had to leave after the first period just because it was too tight, right, for a little kid like that. So I passed those on just in case the mayor or members of the team are listening today. That's what a couple listeners suggested, but I'm sure we'll find out more before the Whiteout Street Party tomorrow night. And let's maybe open the phones on this one now. Continue to call or text or email uh, your thoughts on the game, the team, you know, the party, whatever. It doesn't matter. But what should we call Donald between Portage and Graham? Or if they extend it now to another street or whatever. What should we call that? This morning, Mackling and McGeary were, they had a bunch of suggestions. The landing strip, the hangar. What are some things we could call Donald? Beside the rink, beside Bell MTS Place, with this big whiteout street party. 
And uh, Mayor Bowman weighed in on that, too. For those that were there, um, you know, you felt like you were you were experiencing, you know, a kind of a moment in history. I mean, it really was really special to be there and especially for the first win for Jets 2.0. Uh, hats off to the team, though. I mean, those guys are they fought hard. Great season. Last night was really exciting. I was pretty nervous, I have to say, watching the game, uh, as I'm sure a lot of Jets fans were. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it again tomorrow night and uh, and really seeing Winnipeggers out celebrating their team and their city. Now, while the mayor was uh, in studio this morning with Brett and Greg, they also asked him about Capion Barracks, the big announcement that came down yesterday. Look, uh, the widening of Keniston is something that... Uh, I mean, it should have been widened years ago. I mean, uh, it's one of those files I, I wish we, uh, as a council, didn't inherit. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of infrastructure priorities. We know that that has to happen. It, it's a parking lot at the best of times. I mean, I, I drive on it, and um, you know, I wish when when the city was looking at at expanding, especially uh, in the Bridgewater area in that area of the city, which we're seeing uh, you know good growth, which is is something we want to see. That there was uh, there was a lot better planning in advance of that, so we know it has to happen. But uh, what we heard yesterday was really encouraging, and I want to compliment Treaty One Chiefs as well as the federal government for uh, for really getting this far. Of course, there's some more work to do, and we'll continue to play a collaborative role with uh, with the discussions with Canada Lands Corporation, uh, provincial, federal governments, and the Treaty One Chiefs. Mayor Bowman on the Capion Barracks this morning on M M&M. and M, and one more clip here. Here is Brian Bowman on. The rail yards and whether or not there should be a feasibility study to see if moving those rail yards makes sense. Well, it, it has been something that uh, we've uh, we've been willing to participate in. As you know, the Jean Charest was was lined up to to do a to do a study. Um, uh, we've had discussions with uh, the current provincial government as well as with the federal government to say we're we're willing to play a collaborative role in this, but uh, it's not something we can do alone. I mean, if it uh, if it wasn't a matter of money, which obviously in government it always is, um, you know, it, it's for me that's obviously the potential redevelopment opportunities with uh, with the with the main yards there is is enormous for city building. Uh, it's just a question of dollars, and we we would need to see some real dollars and uh, commitment from other levels of government, uh, not just uh, talk, uh, but real real dollars. It's just not something when you're talking in the billions of dollars. Um, it's something that, that we want to see a good collaborative discussion and that, uh, that assessment is something we'd be willing to, to participate in, but we need to have the participation of both the provincial and the federal governments. Mayor Bowman with M&M this morning, Mackling and McGarry. That is a good show. If you don't make that part of your regular morning routine, you need to do it. Do it now. Mackling and McGarry, 6 to 10 a.m. here on CJOB. We are getting some people calling in, emailing, and texting in their thoughts on what we should name the uh, Whiteout Street Party or that area. What should we call it? Donald between Portage and Graham. I'll just give you a few here. Uh, Victory Road. Jacob says the Great White Way. Uh, The Jet Stream. A couple of people actually, including Taylor, are saying the Jet Stream. And uh, somebody else is suggesting something. I don't know about this. Not sure I agree with you on this. You might have to text me back and give me more detail on why you think this is a good idea. But somebody is suggesting maybe for the street party, they should block off portage both ways and set up four screens. Ooh, I think uh, that's a pretty main route there. I think, if anything, extend the street, extend Donald 
further um, south, I guess. Yeah, further south, like go to St. Mary maybe or something, right? Because I think based on the crowd last night, they might have to do something. I think it's just going to keep getting bigger and more crowded. All right, uh, 223, we've got news coming up with Tristan Field-Jones at the bottom of the clock here, and then Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling after that. We've got a couple minutes here to take a few phone calls. Joe is on the phone, and it says here, Joe, you want to talk about Mickey Moose. What do you want to say about Mickey Moose? I think it's time we get a new mascot. For the Moose? No, for the Jets. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, that's about as, you know, makes about as much sense as uh, the Boston Bruins have a yellow checkered cab. <laughs> well, How maybe. Sky Pilot, and we can yeah. all sing Sky Pilot in the beginning of the third period. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's trying to save a buck or two with staffing. I guess they've got one guy, Mickey Moose, and he takes care of both teams or something. I don't know. Uh, remember, do you remember. Break the bank this year and we can get a new mascot. You think so? I, yeah. You remember, uh, was, was the character with the Jets 1.0, was that uh, Benny? Was it Benny? Yeah, that was yeah. Benny. Yeah, Benny, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Joe, well, it's out there. We'll see what happens, if anything. Thanks. Thanks, Al. All right, and Jan. Hello, Jan. What did you want to say? Oh, hi, Hal. Hi. I thought a good name for the street party yep. would be The Drift. The Drift. When you have a whiteout, yep. you have a snow drift. Right. People are drifting down yeah. to the party. Yeah. Let's just so, hope we don't. Let's just hope The Drift doesn't attract any drifters. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Take All right. care, Thank you, Jen. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thanks a lot. And Glenda. Yes, Glenda. What do you think it should be called? I think it should be called the bus. I'm sorry, the what? The bus. You know when you go to polish some um, material, when you polish your fruit? Oh, the buff. Oh, I see. Furniture. Yeah, yeah. the buff. Okay. So it's like this is a preliminary because it always starts earlier than the game. Uh huh. This is uh, the becoming attraction to shine up the event even more. All right. Okay. All right, Glenda. Thank you. It's out there. We'll see what people think. Somebody else is suggesting, hey, Hal, maybe the runway might be a good name. Um, let me see if there's another one. Uh, Great White Way, and uh, that's it, I think. I think I've read them all now. So keep your suggestions coming, 204-780-6868, hal at cglb.com. What do you think we should call the party out there on Donald? What should that be called? Hmm? Got any ideas? And keep your calls coming. If you want to talk about the game last night, you want to talk about the game tomorrow night, were you at the party? How was it? Any suggestions on how it can be made better? Because I don't think it was... uh, it was great, but uh, as I said, somebody suggested earlier the TV screens need, the big screens need to be a bit higher. They were having a problem seeing around some tall guys' heads, and uh, somebody else said it was pretty packed, but I have a feeling that we may hear soon that they are expanding that whiteout street party. Just a feeling I got in my gut. I don't know. Let's take a break. The news with TFJ is coming right up, and then Carolyn Klassen is here. Hal Anderson on CJOB. It's zero at 680 CJOB, but here's someone who's never a zero. It's Hal Anderson. Well, I don't know. Depends on the day, to be honest with you, TFJ. Tristan Field-Jones, 232, and every Thursday from 230 to 3, we uh, chat with our friend Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. Hello, Carolyn. Hey. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, I received word in a big official press release, news release and everything, 
that you are part of the next TEDx talk here in Winnipeg. I am. Yep. I'm one of the TEDx speakers um, at the TEDx Winnipeg event um, in on June 13th coming up. So uh, they just made the announcement this week. And as you said, now it's too late for me to back out. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, no, I'm excited for you. And you're going to be talking about Wired for Connection, the importance of relationships. This is like this really is kind of what you're all about. We can talk about all kinds of different things, but at the base of all of it, this all is of it. it. Right. Yeah. Um, it, and I think when we drill down, we recognize that we are wired for relationship. That is how we as humans or how we find life satisfaction and joy and health. Uh, and uh, so TEDx is, t- all of TED and TEDx is about, you know, what's your idea worth um, spreading? And mm-hmm. that is my idea that it's important, I think, in this age of electronic social media that we have more opportunities to connect with people than yeah. ever. And yet the rates of loneliness are rising. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful for us all to be mindful of um, the importance of relationships. Um, there's the, the research is astronomical saying how important relationships are to health and well-being. And yet how we're losing sight of the depth, the, the significance of having a few relationships of depth and meaning that when somebody says, how are you, that you don't answer fine, that you answer mm. how you really are. And that right. makes a difference in your life. If you have a couple people that you can really open up to and be truly seen, know that you belong. Is there, while we're on this subject, is yep. there a number? Like, is there a, like, you know, is is five the magic number for relationships? You know, is 10 or is is it more quality and less about quantity? Well, it's recognizing that we are all wired for relationships, introverts, extroverts, everybody. I think we recognize that some people do better with just a couple and some people like to have a dozen or more. Mm. We know that there's sort of a, that the suggested amount is that there's really about 150 people that you can have a significant relationship all over the world after 150 people kind of hive off and divide up again. Um, but that sort of that inner circle is somewhere between two to five. Uh, but there's so much variation. The importance is that there is somebody mm-hmm. um, that you can't just sit at home on your phone and uh, and Facebook with people. Right. That that's not authentic and get encounters when you're sort of get putting it out there to hundreds of friends. That's different than calling up one person and say, "Listen, can I'm having a struggle today? Can I have ten minutes of your time? And can mm-hmm. we talk about this?" Yeah. Putting it out there on social media, it's just not the same. Uh, even though it's easier, and so some people think it's good enough, but what we're finding is that it's not. Yeah. Um, so again, I'll just say that uh, Carolyn is part of the TEDx talk. It's happening on June 13th at the RBC Convention Center, and you can get your tickets by going to TEDxWinnipeg.ca. TEDxWinnipeg.ca. I may ask you every once in a while about it and about that whole idea of being wired for connection and the importance of relationships. Although you're going to have to save save some of it for the talk, okay? I, <laughs> I, I will. Un- I understand that you can't share all of your secrets with us, but I will from time to time ask you for a secret or two. But it does bubble up just about every week we yep, talk, right? Absolutely. About in some way how important relationships are and how we seek those relationships and also because they're so important, how we get so frightened of losing them that sometimes yeah. it's hard to invest because the pain of losing them mm-hmm. almost has us wonder if it's worth investing. Yeah. Here's what I like about you, other than the half hour I get to spend with you every week, which I really enjoy. But here's what I like about you. Usually I learn something with you, whether it's here on the radio or whether it's in our emails. Mm -hmm. And today we were talking, what are we going to talk about today? And you said, let's talk about elevation. Yes. 
Now, I've never really heard that term used in this mm-hmm. way before. So before we get into it, explain what elevation is. And we got a couple of really good examples we from do. the past week. So talk about elevation. Explain that first. Well, elevation is a variety. It can be defined in a variety of ways. Yeah. But today I wanted to find it that elevation is actually a feeling that psychologists and psychologists People, mental health people have recognized as a distinct emotion, like happiness, joy, fear, anger. Elevation is a feeling. And elevation is actually a feeling, communal feeling, that we often feel together. It's elicited by witnessing acts of moral beauty. So when we see a group of people being compassionate, being courageous, or being very loyal, and this experience, you you can tell experience of, of elevation when you feel it in your chest, where there's sort of this feeling of openness in your chest, And you can sometimes feel a bit of a tingling in your skin. Sometimes you feel a lump at the back of your throat. Sometimes you feel tears at the back of your eye. And the thing about elevation that is really cool is that it motivates people. Often we we feel our feelings as a way of telling us what we should do about it, right? When we feel anger, anger tells us to take care of an injustice or some level of hurt or something, right? Mm -hmm. Elevation, what elevation does is that feeling helps motivate us to move towards higher moral ends. And so... um, Elevation inspires us towards altruism, towards making the world a better place. Yeah. Well, and I was just saying that the GoFundMe page for the Humboldt Broncos is almost at $10 million now. Oh, my. I had not heard that. Now, this isn't about money, obviously. Uh, But that's a good example of everybody, whether you leave the hockey stick out on the porch at night or I'm going to talk with a woman in the 3 o'clock hour today who belongs to this Winnipeg Rocks group, you know, where they paint rocks and hide rocks and people find them. Well, her daughter's at a daycare and all the kids, 60 kids at the daycare today are painting rocks in the Humboldt Broncos colors and they're going to send all the rocks out. So this would be an example of or examples of elevation. Well, and even as I was sitting in the room outside waiting to talk to you, there's people walking by in jerseys. Jersey day. In solidarity. And I think what we're recognizing is that there is this feeling of elevation. When the accident first happened, almost immediately family members were saying, thank you to the first responders, to the people who are sending us texts. We appreciate it. And then hockey players that were in the Swift Current bus crash in 86, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. 87. Um, They came and they were visiting with people and they were giving back. And there were so many of us that were watching the value of the support that we people have just felt compelled. What do I need to do? Where can I give? What can I do? The hockey stick. People are crocheting squares to put together for blankets yeah. so that people can have these sort of hug-like blankets. That there's, we are all moved to do to do something and to say something mm-hmm. and to make the world a better place to somehow to contribute to help alleviate the suffering mm-hmm. uh, as we watch the whole Humboldt community gather together, supporting each other. On that, that vigil on Sunday was profoundly yeah. moving as people are saying, we're going to be here for each other and let's lean on each other, let's support each other, let's acknowledge the hurt and the pain and we're going to get through this together. There's something that just opens up the rest of us that say, mm-hmm. I want to get involved and I want to make contribute to making this horrible situation just a tiny bit less horrible because we're going to shine light and beauty and love into it. Dare I say, we're connecting. We are, isn't it? And that that whole value of connecting together communally as a country, it just does something powerful powerful for us. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful and it feels fabulous to be a part of, even while we're still very much grieving the loss and injury of all those boys. And the other example this week of Elevation is all the connecting that's going on around our Winnipeg Jets. No kidding, right? And the whiteout is kind of the theme that pulls us all together, but... It feels good how 
the NHL Jets came back to us, how we recognized they were going to take a couple of years to get their feet under them. We were going to hang in. We were going to be loyal. We were going to be excited even while they were growing and building. And now we've hung in with them faithfully. And now they're looking like they're doing so well. Yeah. We have so much faith in them. And this, this sort of collective of how can we support them and um, how and sort of I was listening to an interview of somebody way back in 86 with the whiteout of how what it's like to get on the ice to watch this entire arena of white supporting yeah. you there for you that we are contributing to this collective support to say we believe in you and we're behind you and and there's kind of a magic to it that it's just fun to be in Winnipeg right now. Mm -hmm. We've got a couple other things we want to talk about today but can we go back to the humble Broncos for a second? You sure. know, my heart just breaks for these families of these victims. Uh, the ones that have passed away, but also the ones that are recovering and, uh, you know, and, and what they're going through. I can't imagine. Um, when it comes to grief, is it always there? Will it always be there? Or is is grief or that grieving process something that eventually, uh, you know, goes away and, it, and it's different? L- listen, you lose somebody, a son or, you know, and that never goes away. I understand mm-hmm. that never goes away. But maybe explain a, a bit how you help people at your practice deal with grief. Well, I put this poster on my uh, Facebook page, um, Connexus Counseling Facebook page, uh, that's just adapted a quote by Anne Lamott. And she says that the grief doesn't ever go away, but over time you learn to live with it. And what the original quote is, you learn to dance with a limp. And I said, maybe you learn to skate with a limp, right? It's Mm. always there and it changes the way you engage with life, but it also gives you a wisdom and a compassion. And um, there's a way to, uh, to use that pain to learn and to grow and to contribute to other people's lives when they are also experiencing grief and pain and loss. I've heard this week where people have said, my child has died. I know what these parents are going through. And there's sort of a depth of understanding and feeling and compassion that's there because of that. And so the pain doesn't ever go away. What I think you hope to do is figure out how to live with that pain in a way that makes you a better person, in a way that celebrates the memory of the life that was lost. And grief, it's, grief is the price you pay for love. Um, and grief is in proportion to the amount of love and connection that is there. And so grief honors the loss. And grief is a really then, it's a very, it's an exhausting and it's painful, but it's profoundly right. There's nothing wrong with grief. It's, it's the right thing to do when you've lost something, someone of significance. And so it's really hard, but it's, it's, it, it's a way of honoring the loss. Yeah. Well, and it's a part of life, right? It is. Le- death is is a part of our life, and that's. Uh, but I like that quote: dancing, learning to dance, or skate with a limp. Right. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Um, so I had a story. I don't know yesterday or the day before about how uh, people that sweat the small stuff. You know, we always talk about sweating the small stuff. People that don't sweat the small stuff, or maybe I should put it this way: the people that do sweat the small stuff kind of set themselves up for more chronic pain. And I can see where that's the case, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, if you let things bug you, sure, it's got to go somewhere, right? All that stress and whatever else. Well, we have a saying in the business that says the body never lies. Uh, And as you don't allow yourself to feel the pain and to feel the stress and then to move through it successfully and to be able to let it go, if you just push it down, it's stored in the body. And what happens with stress is that our body is looks after flight, fright, or freeze on one side, 
and then and when our body is looking after emergencies, it puts off things that can wait until later. And things like in fighting infection and being healthy can wait until later. But if you don't allow the stress response to relax, then you never get into the later where the body says, I'm going to work on my immunity right now. Mm-hmm. And so in a very real way, very concrete, practical, physiological way, when we stay in stress, our body loses its ability to have maximum immunity and to be able to fight off infection and to fight off all the things that our body does as part of staying, keeping itself mm-hmm. healthy. Dr. Gabor Mate writes a book that says, when the body says no, the cost of hidden stress. And it's a very real thing um, that Dr. Gabor Mate is a psychiatrist that says when we don't acknowledge the stress, work through it, and find ways of letting it go, our body holds the stress and we will pay for it. So what do we do then? Uh, Do we have to make time for that stress to be dealt with? Or what, what do you advise your uh, patients when they come in and they're stressed out and how do you deal with stress? Well, I think the first thing is, is to allow yourself to have it bubble up and to name it. Often we're so, we don't like stress. And so we push it down thinking if we push it down, it will go away. Mm-hmm. What we do is when we push it down is we just push it onto the pile of all the other stress. Right. When we pay attention to it and acknowledge it, then we have a chance to say, what am I stressed about? So A, what can I do about some of the stress? So if you have a test coming up, you study. If you have the rent check due, you go to work and you make the money to pay for it, right? So what can I do? And then what can't I do anything about? And how can I give myself permission to let that go? Where there's things that are going on in this world that we can't do anything about that we read about in the news, but there's things in the neighborhood that we can make it a kinder, gentler place. And so we take control of the things we can, and then we learn to hold space for giving ourselves permission to let go of the things that we can't control. Mm -hmm. And we really do really let it go. And it's a discipline and a practice of mindfulness is to let yourself not overattach to the things that you can't do anything about. Mm -hmm. And we're going a little long on the first segment because it's going to be one big long segment with Carolyn. And then we're going to have a short segment with Dr. Jack McPherson. He's the medical director of surgery at the WRHA and the co-chair of the Wait Times Reduction Task Force. And he's an orthopedic surgeon. And we want to talk to about these new wait time numbers, and that's important. Not that you're not, Carolyn, but I have to this steal. This is important. I have to steal a little bit of your time today, and I know you completely understand. I do. One more thing I want to talk about, though. I had this story the other day, too, about these vacations. This tour company is offering vacations where, well, I'll say it's a, a cell free vacation in the sense that you put your cell phone in a bag, and if you really need it, okay, but for the most part, you give up your phone. And you think this is a good idea. What I love is the idea that it's creating a space for us to talk about the impact of cell phones on vacations and how it's giving people a concrete opportunity to unplug mm-hmm. and even unplug in sort of a measured way if that's what's required. Yeah. But so often, even if we have our cell phone in our pocket or in our purse and we're making a decision not to pull it out to snap a selfie or to communicate to somebody about whatever it is that's going on on the other end, mm-hmm. we're making the choice not to pull it out. And even that choice to not pull it out then is a distraction from being fully present in the moment. And that part of vacations is giving yourself a break from all that's going on back home. And this 
package says we're, they actually give you a cell phone to say you can communicate if you get lost out somewhere, you can communicate with the tour guide. Yeah, they give you a phone that has some numbers that you really need, but not your phone. But they don't. But they keep your phone to yeah. say we're not. We're going to give you a distraction-free day so right. you can be fully present and you can enjoy vacations. Mm-hmm. We have a photographer that's going to take the pictures for you, so you don't have to worry about should I take this picture for later. Rather, you can just yeah. be in the moment and enjoy what's there. And I think it's not only beautiful to know that there is a travel agency that offers those sorts of trips, but then it's also an opportunity for the rest of us to say, why would I pay somebody else to do that if I can do it myself? <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, <laughs> eh? but I think it's a good idea too. Carolyn Klassen, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next Thursday, and you I bet. promise the whole half hour will be yours next Thursday. Quick break, and then we're going to talk to Dr. Jack McPherson next on CJOB. And at 2.53, joining us on the phone now, Dr. Jack McPherson, Medical Director of Surgery for the WRHA, and he is the co-chair of the Wait Times Reduction Task Force, also an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, Dr. McPherson, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. um, So we have received some new numbers, some new wait time numbers. I'd like you to to comment on, on them. Uh, it shows that Manitobans are waiting longer for a new hip, a new knee, and also waiting longer for cataracts as well. We're, we're going in the wrong direction here. Is there a reason for that? Uh, so the uh, the report does show, as you say, that in some areas uh, across the country, the uh, uh, number of patients who are meeting the benchmark for hips and knees and cataracts in particular have uh, decreasing. No uh, jurisdiction across the country is good in all areas. We should point out that Manitoba remains very uh, strong in hip fracture repair and radiation therapy. Uh, the reasons that we uh, ad- certainly identify is the fact that the de- demand for certain procedures, hips, knees, and cataracts in particular, uh, is uh, growing uh, greater than the, our ability to supply those uh, is currently. And this is our aging population, I guess. That's the main reason here, right? Uh, that's a very significant reason for sure. Uh, the population uh, between 60 and 75, which is the, area, the group that really needs cataracts and hips and knees, is growing, uh, is growing quite quickly, uh, you know, over 30, uh, 30 to 35% in Manitoba in the last decade. So what's the answer here? You're, I mentioned you're the co-chair of the Wait Times Reduction Task Force. You know, we can talk about the problem all we want, but we really need to find solutions here. What are the possible solutions? So uh, the uh, Priority Procedures Wait Times Reduction Task Force did look at those things, the demand, the supply, uh, the appropriateness uh, for these procedures, and uh, there are a number of uh, solutions, as you point out. Uh, we are doing a number of, uh, of uh, innovative uh, <clears throat> uh, things within our, within our surgery uh, programs to increase the number that we can do within the same resources. Uh, and the solutions are a little bit different in each area. Uh, within cataract surgery, we've been able to streamline uh, the needs for patients preoperatively, also do uh, a number of patients with uh, uh, a uh, somewhat simpler uh, um, uh, surgical need. Um, and um, in hips and knees, we're doing the same thing, trying to do things as uh, uh, shorter stays in the hospital, uh, less equipment costs, uh, less other factors related to surgery. Um, and we continue to find those efficiencies uh, um, to try to do more with what we have. At some point, there may need to be some uh, in, in increased investment in these areas, and that's why we're pleased that the re- recommendations from the uh, uh, wait times uh, reduction task force are being considered um, at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, as you said, you know, at some point, uh, maybe it's just going to take a bigger investment in the problem, right? I mean, you can try and get as efficient as possible, uh, but at some point it may just mean uh, more money, more manpower, more whatever. Yes, and I I think it is a multi-pronged approach for sure. All right. Well, doctor, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Dr. Jack McPherson is the medical director of surgery for the WHR, uh, WRHA and co-chair of the Weight Times Reduction Task Force, and he's an orthopedic surgeon as well. Uh, if you missed the numbers earlier, I'll just share those with you. Um, hip was 69, now 53%. Knee was 64, now 43%. This is the uh, number of uh, hip and knee surgeries that were done in a timely manner. So it was 69%, now 53% for the hip, was 64%, now 43% for the knee. And cataracts, quite a difference there, was 63%, now just 32% when it comes to getting that stuff done in a timely manner. So, yeah, we're going in the wrong direction. But uh, as the doctor said, they have a plan, and uh, we'll see if the plan makes a difference. 2.57. We're coming up on 3 o'clock. The news is next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. I'm Global News Weather Specialist Mike Conkin. Overnight tonight, under clear skies, temperatures will be dropping down into the mid-teens, and then tomorrow, likely to warm up back near the freezing mark. And actually, a very similar day is expected on Saturday. Sunday, likely to be a little bit warmer, a bit closer to mid-single digits, and then a little bit warmer still as we get into the early parts of next week. However, it looks like... After Tuesday, with daytime highs likely to be around the 7-8 degree mark, we're likely to see a little bit of rain show up. It's zero at 680 CJOB. As we take a look at traffic, we have no crashes or stalls at the moment here in Winnipeg. If you do see something, give us a shout. 781-1320 is the number to call. You can text 780-6868. And, of course, you can always call that number if you want to chat with Hal Anderson. Yes, of course, TFJ 204 780 6868, anytime, anytime at all. Or 24-7, you can email me, hal at cgob.com. Do you have a name for uh, Donald between Portage and uh, Graham? Do you have a name for the uh, area there where the uh, Whiteout Street Party was held last night? Do you have any ideas? No, I don't, actually. Mackley and McGeary asked the question this morning. They got a bunch of good ones. I've been receiving a bunch of good ones. I'll just give you the new ones here. Uh, Whiteout Way. I thought that was pretty creative. Blizzard Boulevard. Not bad. Yeah. That one's from Jerry. Uh, Pam said, how about Blizzard Block? So very similar to Jerry. Uh, launch Pad. Oh, <laughs> I like that one. Uh, jetway, the Jetway. Yeah. Yeah, just to mention a few. 204-780-6868 if anybody has any ideas out there. What do we call it? 204, or do we even need a name? Maybe we don't need a name, but I kind of like the name idea. 204-780-6868 if you have any suggestions at all. I would love to hear those suggestions, okay? I mentioned earlier, I'll mention again, today is Big Wind Day. It's Drop Everything and Read Day, Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. There is nothing like a good grilled cheese sandwich. Mm. International Day for Street Children, International Day of Human Space Flight, Russian Cosmonaut Day, because, of course, the first person in space was on this day in history, and it was a Russian cosmonaut. Licorice Day today, and it's Walk on Your Wild Side Day today. 
We are getting lots of phone calls now about what we should name Donald Street between Portage Avenue and Graham. What should we call it? Willie, yes, what should we call it, sir? Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Good, excellent. Thanks for calling. What should we call it? Stormy White Place. Stormy White Place. Nope. <laughs> some, some of these are... Some of these are maybe a, a little much, but hey, whatever. I'm just happy to talk about, uh, I'm uh, to be honest with you, I am just happy to talk about our NHL hockey team that is in the playoffs. That's fine with me. Steve, what should we call it? Hangar 22. What is it? Hangar 22. Hangar 22. Okay, thank you. June, have you got a suggestion? It's an old one I've heard before. Uh, Jet's dream. I think it's just Terrific. Jets dream. Okay, thank you. Dale, what do you think we should call it? Jet stream. Jet stream. Well, maybe that's what she was saying, and I just heard it wrong. Yeah. Okay, oh, Th- thank okay. you, Dale. Appreciate that. And Gary, what do you think? How about calling it the hangar? The hangar. I've heard that. Not on this show, I don't think, but I did hear it this morning with uh, Mackling and McGarry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be a good one. Thank you, pal. Appreciate the call. Sure. You're welcome. All right, so 204-780-6868 or hal at cjob.com. All right, what should we what should we call it? Or does it even need a name? Maybe it doesn't need a name. You know, it's we're, we're calling it the Whiteout Street Party. Maybe that's good enough. We don't need to be, you know, specific about it. Or we could and just say, yeah, the Whiteout Street Party is happening at uh, Whiteout Way or Blizzard Boulevard. Wendy is calling now with her name idea. Hi, Wendy. Hello. Hi. What do you think we should call it? The Landing Strip. The Landing Strip. Yeah, I kind of like that one. I've heard that one. That's one of my favorites, I would say. And uh, Diane, what should we call it? Jetzonia. <laughs> Jetzonia. <laughs> All right. That's kind of an elaborate one. Sure. Hey, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm just waiting for, I know I get more calls coming here. I'm just waiting to get some names on them. Bruce is uh, calling. Let's uh, see what Bruce thinks. Bruce, what should we call it? After Burn Alley. After Burn Alley. I like that one. That's good. That's got some attitude. Hey, Ryan, what should we call it? We should call it Victory Lane. Victory Lane. Yeah, kind of like uh, race cars. Got the Victory exactly. Lane. Yeah, I exactly. like that. Hey, listen, right. I just hope we have enough wins that we can call it that. You know, I, <laughs> I have a couple of comments. Can I, can yeah, I say them now? Yeah, no, go ahead, sure. Uh, the Jets, um, it's, it's, it's so nice to watch them now. When they get down by a goal, you're pretty sure they're going to come back. Yep. And possibly win. And uh, and uh, so that's, that's, that's the good thing about the Jets this year. Yep. And also an earlier caller called in and said uh, – we should get rid of Mickey Moose, and I agree 100% with that. We need a Jets mascot. Yeah, I, I don't know what the thinking is behind that. I like Mickey Moose, and the Moose are having a hell of a year, too. Oh, I like um, Mickey Moose also, but yeah. he's, he's, he's a Moose mascot. You know, gotcha. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. And let me just, I said this earlier, Ryan, but let me react to what you said about the Jets, you know. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the Bombers now, too. There was a time when if they got yeah, down, yeah. you just knew it was done, right? Exactly. But with, yeah. this, with this team, you're right. Even when they're behind, like last night when they they fell behind yeah. and then line a popped it in and it, yeah. it just kind of everybody was kind of calm after that it was like well of yeah. course of course we're going to be fine here we're going to be okay you know we just have so much talent yeah you know what and uh uh getting getting a, a sniper like lane they're 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 not a they're not easy to come by you know and yeah he, he can always he's always there like give him the give him give him a chance to score and uh when the 
when the game's on the line, he's he's there for you for sure. Well, you know, you've got those guys, right? The sharpshooters, yeah. but then Morrow, <laughs> Morrow scores oh, the winner. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic. I mean, I know this is game one, and we don't want to yeah, get yeah. too wound up, but it sure yeah. looks good. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate right. it, Ryan. Take let me care. see. Let me see if I can squeeze some others in here. Lou, what do you think? What do we call it? The jet stream. The jet stream. We've had that a few times now. I like it, Randy. I got the winner. Here it is. Okay. The snow zone. The snow zone. That's good. Oh, yeah. I like that one. That's one of my new favorites. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. Adam, what would you call it? You call it the tarmac. The tarmac. Yeah, we've had a few of those. The tarmac, the hangar, uh, some other similar to that. Yeah. Ted, what should we call it? We're call it the staging strip. It's the staging strip. Sure. It's going to get bigger and bigger. I hope so. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. Victor. Hi, Victor. Hi. Uh, the white hangover. <laughs> the white hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the white hanger, yeah. All right. Thank All right. you. Thank you, pal. Sorry I cut you off there. Sorry, man. I got to get a couple more calls in here because we got a break here for traffic right away. 204-780-6868. We're talking about what we should name Donald between Portage and Graham, where the Whiteout Street Party is held. Hi, Dave. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Chipman's Dream. Chipman's dream. You like uh, paying a little recognition to the Chipmans there, do you? That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's why all this is happening. You're right. Because of Mark. Yep, you're absolutely right. Josie, what do you want to call it? Uh, white Out Way. White Out Way. Lori, what should we call it? I say we should call it Blade Runner. Portage and Blade Runner. Portage and Blade Runner. Georgina, thank you very much for my chocolate bunny and my little old Henry's. That was Jackie's bunny. <laughs> You're Did a sweet. you eat it? No, it's sitting on the cupboard at home, but thank oh. you very much. I found it on my desk the other day. That was Jackie's bunny. She'll, don't worry, she'll eat most of it. Hey, uh, what do you want to call this? You had an idea? Or? The Happy Gang Way. The Happy Gang Way. Gordon, what do you want to call it? How about White Out Way? White Out Way. And one more. Louie, you're the last caller. The last name idea for Donald between Portage and Graham. How? How about Jet Drive? Jet Drive. That's good. Kind of a play on words, eh? Right on, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks for all your calls. That was great, man. We jammed a bunch of calls in there. That was fantastic. Coming up on quarter after three, we got to check traffic in your forecast. So hang on. All right, 320. I'll read a few text messages here. What would you call Donald between Portage and Graham? And I've got a few people on the phone here. Don't call because we don't have time to get you on. All right, I apologize. Um, But I do have uh, a few people waiting on the line, so let's take their calls. We'll start with Tom. Hello, Tom. The landing strip. The landing strip. Thank you, Tom. Hi, Judy. What do you want to call it? Jetsway. Jetsway and Chad, what would you like to call it? I'd like to call it the landing strip. The landing strip. And one more, Denny. Denny, what do you think we should call Donald there between Portage and Graham outside the Jets games? True White North. True White North. Thank you, Denny. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, and a few text messages here, 204-780-6868. Mark says, hey, Hal, how about the Roadway of Heroes? Uh, Sandy says it should be called the Jets Fuel Zone, um, White North Lane, Center Ice. I'll just run through these really quickly. Top Gun Alley, uh, Jetway. <laughs> Ron says, Hal, how about we call it Donald Street? 
Thank you, Ron. Bringing us all back to our senses here. I, listen, I just think this is a fun conversation. Uh, Jet Cloud 9, somebody else is suggesting. Danger Zone. Hal, how about Stanley Cup way? If they win the cup, yes. Well, if they win the cup, we'll be calling it that for sure. Uh, somebody else suggesting that we should bring back Benny as the Jets mascot. Nothing against Mickey Moose. Everybody likes Mickey Moose. Uh, but a uh, few people now have said that. How about Benny Boulevard? Um, well, somebody says Jets Bronco Boulevard. Yeah, I get what you're doing there. Mm, Jetstream Way, the Runway. Some of these we've heard before, but I'll just read them all. Thanks for sending them in. Uh, Dave, Resurrection Road. I like that one, kind of. Afterburn. Uh, see here as I go through. Top Gun Way, the Barn, the Runway. Uh, lots of uh, good ones here. Jet Zone. Mm, anyhow, the list goes on and on and on. I think it's worth having a conversation about because I get it. It's a whiteout street party, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a like Aviator Way. There's one that just came in, having uh, kind of a cool name for it. Hey, thanks. That's been fun. That's what I wanted to do today. I wanted to kind of celebrate a great game, celebrate the fact that we've got a great team, celebrate the fact that we have a real contender for the cup this year. This is, and I know the pundits say, oh yeah, but there's no playoff experience. I kind of feel with this gang, it doesn't matter. Just my thoughts. Always love hearing your thoughts. 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. We'll check the weather and then sports and news. So hang on.